Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots. It's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, as always, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and tst underscore underscore radio on Twitter. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, has our full free show archive. You can download and listen to all of our shows. You can also subscribe to the main archive, which gets you access to those same shows without the advertisements. Plus, you get a lot of other perks like the montages that we play here on the show that we make and digital copies of my books that I've written, edited, and published. Those books are available also on the website for purchase, PDF, or physical copy, Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, and Food Philosophy. If you visit the website, you'll be able to read reviews from other authors, radio hosts, and more. And you'll also be able to find our behind-the-scenes content through Patreon. The last thing on the website is our affiliate sponsor link. You'll find in the slider bar for Pro One water filters. Now is as good a time as ever to get a water filter. And we also have an affiliate with Transistor FM, Transistor.fm, which is where we host our archive. It's a really great website, very cheap, especially if you're just starting out in radio They give you all these uh, great perks to start out a podcast or a radio show or to go ahead and take your archive and migrate over there. Just click on the affiliate link on our website. We also have an affiliate link with the Tuttle Twins, another really, really great company. And you can find all of that again at www.thesecretteachings.info. On Wednesday this week, we had Brad Olson on the show to talk a little bit about Antarctica. And uh, if you've heard Brad Olson talk about his trip down there, it's probably probably sounds like a stale topic, but we didn't really focus a lot on his trip so much as on the idea and the question of whether or not we really want to know what could potentially be buried in the ice in Antarctica. I mean, personally, I don't think that there's some giant alien spaceship. I think there's probably remnants and fragments of some past human civilization or something that is is like human. And uh, maybe maybe there's something more mysterious, but that's kind of the whole point. Antarctica is very mysterious, and we don't know what's there, so people tend to make up or fabricate or stretch these stories and these tales of uh, you know pyramids, which... Yeah, there might be a pyramid down in Antarctica, but it's probably beneath the ice, not sticking up out of it. I mean, it's it's a complicated subject because we really can't just walk out there and see. So it's easy for people to make things up. And I have I have a slight I have a slight disconnect with this subject because all the things we talk about here on the secret teachings, if you didn't listen to the full show, you'd probably think because I think this just hearing it in the moment when I when I put this type of content together, I, I start to think like maybe I'm just like those people that make up those stories about Antarctica. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories kind of being real, and then I realize, well, I, I don't think I'm making it up. I don't. I don't think I'm stretching it. I think. I mean, Lovecraft was influenced by Charles Fort and Theosophists, and now people today are influenced by. People like H.P. Lovecraft, and it seems like every movie, every TV show, every comic, everything is influenced by Lovecraft. 
But then you look back and you realize they're not necessarily influenced by Lovecraft so much as they're influenced by what he was influenced by. They're influenced by Charles Fort, who documented real phenomena in nature. They're looking at uh, you know work that was inspired by the, theosoph- uh, the Theosophical Society, Theosophy, which is a very real uh, thing. So what we look at today as, as art is often a, a mimicry of something that is very real. You know that saying, art mimics reality, reality, reality mimics art. And now we have a, an AI image generator that has, for the first time, worked with a human, or we could say humans have for the first time worked with an AI image generator to create a comic book called The Abolition of Man. This comic book is going to come out around Halloween, and this comic book is generated mostly by artificial intelligence. And the name, The Abolition of Man, comes from a C.S. Lewis story about man's power over nature and the value of objectivity and natural law. And this, this, this comic book was generated by the AI after some lines from this C.S. Lewis story were pumped into it. And it generated these, these images and um, working with the, the, the humans. And I don't know how they, how they exactly collaborated on this because you're, you're dealing with a computer and it's, it's creating a lot of the art and perhaps some of the text as well or a lot of the text. And, and here are two of the quotes from the comic book that I thought were interesting. One of them says... I am only, and it's hard to read this other word, I'm only blank, clear, maybe now, I'm only now clear what man's conquest of nature really means, and especially that final stage in the conquest, which perhaps is not far off. The other quote that I thought was interesting is, quote, these objects reset the movement of the mind whereby we thrust them into the world of mere nature. I thought about those two statements from the comic, and I thought, well, it, what, what is that final stage in the conquest of nature? What is that final stage, and what exactly is being thrust into the world of nature? The, these objects reset the movement of the mind, changing the mind, altering the mind, altering the way we look at things, and altering, perhaps, uh, the physical world. Uh, these questions in, in the comic and C.S. Lewis's story and uh, here on The Secret Teachings. Should man be tampering with the laws of nature, attempting to override basic biological and physiological functions with some distorted promise of everlasting material life, which, as I've said over and over again, is really eternal spiritual damnation? And could something from somewhere else, another world, another dimension, maybe even another timeline, I don't know, could something to that effect be influencing the minds of man? Could something be communicating to certain people in their dreams, like the uh, like the stories of Lovecraft, uh, like Cthulhu? Could these these great old ones be communicating to people and convincing them to turn over the keys to the dimensional gateways to open these portals? to allow them to come into our world from the depths of the ocean, from uh, remote places like Antarctica, or from other dimensions that are totally parallel to ours, and, um, well, basically opening those gateways and welcoming them into this world, 
perhaps with the promise that we'll be able to obtain everlasting life, that we'll have no sickness, we'll live in a utopia, all the promises of theology, essentially, religion, but packaged up in what we call transhumanism. And they offer us the same thing. They offer us, we'll have these powers to live forever. We'll have these powers to create all this beautiful art and all these wonderful things in the world. But the thing is, we already have everlasting life. We already have the power to create. But there's something that is convincing us that that classical devil, that temptation of Christ in the desert, that this whole kingdom, what did the devil tell Christ? This whole kingdom could be yours, but it's already his. He's Jesus Christ, folks, and that's a metaphor. We're all Jesus Christ, and we're being offered by the devil that we could have all this beautiful stuff. We can have this kingdom, but we're already princes and kings, to use that language. We're already Jesus Christ. We're already, hopefully, on the path that is right, that is light, and that brings life and beauty to the world. We don't need to take the deal of, of, of the devil. We don't need to make that Faustian bargain because it's already ours. We're already the prince. We're already the king. It's already our kingdom. So it, when things get so obvious, you'll have everlasting life. You can create these wonderful things with artificial intelligence. We can already do that as human beings. And knowing that the stated goal from Klaus Schwab and others is the, the literal merging of our biological and technological distinctiveness. Now a UK astronomer, Lord Martin Rees, has suggested that robots have already reduced these other alien species to what amount to drones, that uh, re they've replaced aliens on other worlds, and now they're looking to target humans next. And I think he said it was the next millennium he expects the human race to be replaced by robots, but not robots that man makes, robots that that could come from some ancient civilization, uh, kind of like the Borg. And uh, this is an idea that seems uh, very, very advanced already, of course, not to mention the Google engineer uh, named Blake, who said that the Google language model for dialogue applications, Lambda, is sentient, is conscious. And we know that LAM as in Lambda, Lamb was an entity that Aleister Crowley supposedly summoned uh, and manifested. And he, uh, there's actually the, a, a ritual that he performed called Ama Lantra working in 1918, which was supposed to be an extension of the original Lamb ritual. And Lamb kind of looks like this gray extraterrestrial. So whether we're dealing with technology, uh, as Elon Musk said, we're summoning the demon. And uh, he also said that he believes there might be a brain parasite forcing man to create this intelligence. Um, it's very Lovecraftian. It's very science fiction, but it's also very, very real. And these are people like Elon Musk and uh, Lord Martin Rees. These aren't late night radio hosts. These are very, very intelligent, very, very arguably powerful people in the world. And I don't know if they're using this language to just for hyperbole, or maybe they actually believe it, but I think it's becoming more and more obvious. You know, as, as more and more people realize politically and economically, like, hey, I don't necessarily like Trump, but I liked uh, $2 a gallon for gas. I don't necessarily like Trump, but I liked uh, a stable economy. I think people are starting to realize, you know, I don't really hate technology, but it seems like technology is exclusively being designed to trap the mind, to trap 
the the consciousness or whatever we call consciousness. And the ultimate goal is what Lord Martin Rees said, that robots will just replace humans and not in the workforce because that's that's kind of a fallacy economically. No, no, we're talking about literally replacing humans, kind of like invasion, where if you show emotion, they know that you're human and they'll come after you. So this is kind of the idea for tonight's show. I, I called it Beauty is in the AI of the Beholder. And I wanted to bring on a good friend and occasional co-host and uh, occasional caller, our good friend Derek Murphy, some of you know as the Night Stalker. And I wanted to talk about these things with Derek because he has an immense knowledge on comics and he always can find the synchronicities in the news. And uh, I think, Derek, you'd also also be a very good radio host if you decided to do that on the side too but welcome to the show how are you and uh, what do you think of all this oh man that means a lot right thank you um pleasure to be here as always uh excited to talk about this real creepy week real weird uh weird stuff so yeah i mean i have some pretty complex thoughts on ai um in general i feel like over the last few years especially like in the conspiracy communities i've, I've almost played like a devil's advocate type role with ai like kind of uh, exuding its possible benefits, but that's like taking an abrupt switch in the last six months where I've gotten much more suspicious and I'm wondering, I'm wondering, just the idea, are we actually creating anything? Are we actually creating a type of consciousness or are we simply tapping into something much more ancient? Um, is something on the other side, like reaching its potentials and trying to, uh, trying to divert itself into our reality through technology. So, um, yeah, that's, it pretty weird tonight for sure well that's what it feels like doesn't it it feels like some somebody or a group of people have either been offered a deal or they've made a deal or they've allowed themselves to um to become vessels for something that is communicating to them in dreams perhaps or communicating to them uh, in everyday life through maybe maybe they're paying attention to synchronicities and it's responsible for perhaps the development of atomic weapons or the, the development of the, of the CERN project. You know, those are two things we often think about. But I think, because I'm interested in pop culture, I think that there's an influence greatly in music, TV, movies, even, you know, um, uh, even in sports now, uh, where everything you turn on, everything you watch, I saw the new Meta commercial, man, and the new Meta commercial is a, is a freaking squid. Like everything is that is this tentacle Lovecraftian uh, type of great old one monsters. It's it's like it's infected and infested everything. I, I don't get why th- if there isn't something influencing man in that way. Um, I guess everybody just thought, hey, the squid and the octopus. These are these are good symbols to use to sell our products. I know, I know. I mean, all around the same time where the actual squid and octopus are getting like sentient rights in different parts of the, different parts in the, of the in, world, you know, at the same in the, time. In the UK, right? I think they recognized it as sentient. Yeah. Exactly. At the same time, we're talking about uh, AI becoming sentient. The octopus is sentient, too. But uh, as far as, like, Lovecraft, it's, 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 a, it's a weird trajectory. Like, I've been calling these last couple of years um, Lovecraft season. And it kind of, like, what I thought was going to culminate with, like, Lovecraft Country and uh, Nicolas Cage was in that um, Colorado Space movie, which was the first of two um, Lovecraft cinematic universes that are in the work right now. Um, but at, at his time, he was not like super famous. He was one of these Tesla type figures where he, he died kind of, uh, poor and kind of not, not, not very well known, but he was, it's like, it's like the world wasn't ready for what he was 
trying to communicate. It's like he wasn't ready. He was shattered by these visions he saw in dreams and then through whatever means these things are trying to contact him. And it like broke him as a person, basically. And then, but then throughout the last 70 years, more plus, um, it's permeated its way through a pop culture where now it's exactly what the pop culture seems to be looking for. It's literally in absolutely everything. If a sci-fi fantasy thing doesn't have black goo in it, I'm, I'm like, I'm shocked. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, just last week, like, uh, Aquaman had a whole, uh, um, new event startup called, uh, Aquaman Andromeda. Like, basically, and the whole, the, the cover is just Aquaman and it was just trident, uh, covered in, like, black tentacles and stuff. And it's all about, um, Point Nemo and, like, where Cthulhu possibly dwells and finding this ancient city and all kinds of stuff. It's just, and that's one of countless comic influences as well as, like, what we're seeing just in the mainstream. You know, I don't, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy to say, and, it, and it's like it's like it was intentional. Like at, during his time, he was trying to spread almost like the gospel of Cthulhu. Seemingly, he was like in contact with Robert E. Howard, like who who created Conan and that whole uh, Chimera mythology. And he's like, use my, use these old ones, use these things, put them in your, put them in your like mythology. So that uh, Shuma Gorath, who was that like eyeball monster in Doctor Strange is from like like that that was supposed to be Shumagora, but they had to change its name for some like legal rights with the Robert E. Howard um, family or whatever. Uh-huh. But that's like we we just saw something that was like birthed from Lovecraft's mind, like via Robert E. Howard into the Marvel universe. We put on the on the biggest stage imaginable. And it's just it's it's like it's like this these things are crescendoing going from like being squeezed out the ether through the mind of a crazy person, to all the way to being projected on the like the pillars of pop culture. So the next step is literally ripping a hole in reality and coming through. I don't know. It's crazy. That's a lot. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Well, the, the last time we talked, we talked about the, the the new Doctor Strange. We talked about everything, everywhere, all at once. We talked about Dreamwalking, Vecna, Stranger Things, and and the imagery of the red. Uh, both the red lady and the imagery of the red lightning and fog and stranger things and how all these, I mean, whether it's stranger things, all these movies, these TV shows that have been coming out that they all are just mirrors of each other. And the dream walking in, um, uh, that Vecna did in stranger things is the dream walking that, that Wanda did in Dr. Strange. And I mean, I didn't think that I would go see everything everywhere all at once. And I would see black goo. I thought that would be the last thing I would see in that movie. And there's like two or three scenes of, quick flashing images, subliminals, where there's black goo coming out of this lady's eyes. It's And you're right, it's in virtually everything. If you don't see black goo, if you don't see some tentacled, Lovecraftian, great old one monster, you think, I mean, I, I start thinking, oh, these people that made this must not be influenced by this demonic force. Because, or, <laughs> I mean, we say demonic, though, but like Jordy Rose said, it's more like cosmicism. They're just immensely powerful, immensely ancient things that, they don't care about us. They're not good or bad. And that's an interesting thing to think about. We always say it's demonic. We'd say it's a demonic deal or a Faustian bargain. But ultimately, at the end of the day, whatever these forces are, they might not be even using us for nefarious purposes. We're just kind of like we accidentally stepped on an ant. It wasn't malicious. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, for sure. For sure. I think uh, in many cases, I think it's obviously multi-layered and the grand, the the mind player, like the grand overlords, like the, these big Lovecraftian, uh, cosmically large, like galactic size 
celestial tribe entities are trying to bust their way into this reality. But also, you can say demons are just like daemon, just right, like, right, like jinn, kind of, just any any type of entity that exists, um, just on the other side, just in the classic cosmology of the seen and the unseen. We exist in the seen, and just something from the unseen. It could be multiple things, for all we know. Honestly, I mean, we don't have to like pinpoint it down. When you say demon, obviously, it brings back like um, just like, Christians who were scared and saying everything's a demon, that kind of stuff. That's not <laughs> right, really what, right. I, what I mean. Just, just like something on the other side that seemingly, throughout the course of human history, has been trying to to birth itself through technology. You know, like that's a good that's way. That's a good way to say it. Birth itself through technology. I've always struggled to explain it. That's a good way to explain it. I'm going to steal that. Birth itself. Through, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's from the Promethean fire, all that kind of stuff. And and I, I bring it up, brought it up before. I'm thinking of the last time, but um, Rudolf Steiner talks about uh, Aramon being like the Lord of Electricity. Mm-hmm. And there's some type of electricity component to um, these entities, whatever whatever they they, they, they are. Which is another angle for the lightning bolt and electricity. Like, what are they? Is it some type of like Frankenstein? Is birth an electric charge like, like are they trying to is that what we're going to see it's like the birth of some new form of well, consciousness or the, or, the, or the awakening of an ancient form of consciousness well right and, and, and remember in, in Frankenstein you have the electricity this is the alchemical experiment you set the, the tiny container aside and then you have this immense concentration of energy whether that's a lightning bolt or it's a little tiny explosion and that's supposed to generate the energy the, the basically the artificial orgasm the spark of life that creates this this new life form. So it's the homunculus. Yeah. It's the, the, you know, the changeling, the moon child, it's lamb as in Lambda, the, the AI system from Google. Um, it's all these, these yeah. alchemical things. And, and, and it's funny enough too. we have to go to break, but it's funny enough too, that, um, it'll be tomorrow night, Saturday, tonight's Friday, uh, the, um, the 17th tomorrow night is game number two of the NHL Stanley cup finals. Perfect. I'm a huge hockey fan and my Tampa Bay lightning, the lightning bolt have won two, Stanley Cups back to back, and they're looking for a third. So there's the triplicity, the triplicity again. Derek Murphy is our guest this evening. We're going to talk more with Derek when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Visit our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you're listening on a podcast or radio player, please leave us a review. Mostly I'm referring to Apple. Otherwise, groundzero.radio, the Ground Zero Radio app, Aftermath FM app. Check out Clyde's archive and my archive, thesecretteachings.info. There's more after this. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week 
on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. As many of you know by now, we are suffering from inexplicable and seemingly unrelated incidents around the world, ranging from power outages, the destruction of communications, infrastructure, and homes. We now believe these incidents are not unrelated, but in fact, connected. Connected to signals received by Event Horizon telescopes around the world, all into the sky, monitoring the stars, and what may lay beyond. Today, I am here to tell you that we are not alone in the universe. What is being visited upon our Earth is not of our Earth. You can fool them, but you gotta calm down. Don't show emotion. Then they can't tell who's who. Yes, there are these massively intelligent entities out there, but they're not good, they're not evil. They're more like the Lovecraftian great old ones. There are entities that are not necessarily going to be aligned with what we want. It could have imitated a million life forms on a million planets. It could change into any one of them at any time. Now it wants life forms on Earth. It needs to be alone and in close proximity with the life form to be absorbed. So this transition is really, really massively important for our entire species to navigate. And this thing is happening in the background while people bicker about politics and underneath it all is this rising tsunami that if we're not careful is going to wipe us all out. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's won. The Lovecraftian great old ones. When you do this, beware. Because you think you're going to put that little guy in a pentagram, and you're going to have your holy water out, 
and you're going to wave it at the thing and by God it's going to do exactly what you say and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Derek Murphy with us this evening on the broadcast. Last Wednesday, a couple days ago, we talked about how China has said they've received signals from aliens, or at least they believe they're signals from aliens. So we're not looking into the depths of the ocean or Antarctica. We're looking into space, the traditional way of looking for extraterrestrials. Astronomers at Beijing Normal University have discovered what they say are several cases of possible technological traces and extraterrestrial civilizations from outside of the Earth, according to a June 14th report in Science and Technology. The signals were picked up by the FAST telescope, China's 500-meter aperture spherical radio telescope. And they picked these signals up in 2019. They looked at the data in 2020. And then in 2022, a targeted survey of known exoplanets found a, a strange, what they call a strange narrow band radio signal, bringing the, uh, the tally of the signals up to three. So there's the number three again. And they believe that these signals might be coming from an extraterrestrial civilization. It almost makes me think, though, that we're looking in the wrong place, Derek, for extraterrestrials, aliens. It almost feels like there are more aliens on planet Earth. There are more aliens just in a dimensional wavelength beyond our own than what's out there in space, which is, you know, the standard model of, well, how did they get there? They have to have some kind of propulsion we don't understand. Maybe they can go through a wormhole. And I think right there, the wormhole, I think that might be the the best explanation. And I think that we're looking more at something that's akin to um, uh, John D. and Edward Kelly. We're looking at uh, the gates and the watchtowers being opened and things that are filtering into our world from other dimensions. I don't think they need propulsion technology to get here. And if China is picking up some kind of alien civilization signal, um, I always wonder, you know, could there be more complicated uh, things to that? It, it might not be um, something that we want to receive or something we want to respond to. And that Stephen Hawking said the same thing. It's probably not a good idea to broadcast our location. I would think immense, immensely, immensely powerful and advanced civilizations probably wouldn't be broadcasting their location either unless it's maybe it's like one of those movies where the, 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 the distress call is really just a trap. I don't know. Those are the things I think we need to think about when we're talking about this kind of uh, potential communication. Sure, for sure. I mean, didn't we, I forget what the what the, they actually called it. Um, something like the invitation. Like this most recent one they did, they, they they termed it like the invitation or like the, not the communion, but something almost like to a religious connotation like that. Like some, like the same type of feel that that UFO Oreo offering had. Like the way they set this invitation out or give some kind of gifting thing for some type of thing or some type of uh, ethereal creature or whatever that they're just kind of inviting it, like inviting the vampire in, uh, metaphorically, you know? And yeah, we don't know what those, what those signals are, you know? I mean, I, I love sci-fi. I, I love the idea that there's all kinds of stuff in space that we could be contacting or whatever. But for all we know, it's just one more way to nudge us along technologically speaking, you know? It's just, Oh, there's some signal from space. We have to try to we dig in with a build new technology to try to decipher it. And when we when we decipher this signal, we're all, like when we figure out a method to figure out what the signal is, 
for all we know, that's a whole that's a new form of technology that we'll realize there's, there's things all around us all the time. It's like it, it takes the military to create some type of infrared that Raytheon uses or whatever. You put that in a ship, and then you see the Tic Tac UFO. Like that thing was seen using some type of infrared, seeing another spectrum of light. That's, that's something that's always around us, you know. Um, in the in the mythos, doesn't that come from? Uh well, partly come from Roswell and the UFO mythos, everything from Velcro to lasers. Do you, I mean, I've even heard thermal vision. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, and it, it's all just, it's all just other ways to like, we know that what we experience as a reality is, is a small sliver of what's actually there. Like we can't hear dog whistles or right, right. see microwaves, see x-rays and that kind of stuff. So technology is giving us new ways to see things that are, that are always around us, you know? So for all we know, there's Tic Tacs flying all over the place all over the time. We just, we're just not seeing the sky through um, infrared goggles and stuff. Like you, there's a, I forget her name. I mean, take her with a grain of salt, but the, 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 it's been a while since I've been, but uh, the researcher Melinda Leslie or whatever, they do those sky watching tours where they have those, uh, yes. uh, those, those night vision goggles and stuff. And they, I mean, I've never seen it, obviously, but like they claim, I think she claims to have taken like 500 tours out there and I've seen something on, 498 of them or something like that um, just because they're seeing it with a, in a different spectrum of light you know so these, I mean, these things and that seems to be commonality through a lot of different types of paranormal phenomena you know and reflected in the in the pop culture like poltergeist like contacting stuff through like the white noise and just recently in Stranger Things you know the way that the upside down communicates to uh, our reality is through through the lights you know the way Will communicated to his mom was through those Christmas lights, you know? Um, it seems, in I don't know, in, a weird thing is the uh, Ben Franklin, who is at least given credit for, like, with the whole kite, the lightning bolt, and kind of the uh, pseudo-invention of electricity, was also a very prominent member of the Hellfire Club. It was a real one. He, you know? he was, that's right, um, yeah. You're the only person I know yeah. who, who mentioned that. That's right. <laughs> um, but... You mentioned the, the idea of like technology as like the as the portal as the gate, you know, um, which I I definitely think is, is is I agree with that. And synchronistically, lambda is uh, the the name of the symbol that they use for like the Stargate symbol. In Stargate, it's like the point of origin symbol. It's a lambda, and uh, and well, the Stargate just they did a, a, a table read like the whole cast. Um, together like the second time the first time with the, with the full cast of reading a script that an AI wrote for them uh, wait so they're reading they were know. reading a, a script a tabletop reading they were reading this script and it's basically about well this was for Stargate right yeah for the show Stargate yeah so it's been over for, it's been it's been off the year for, for 10 plus years now but uh they did it they did it like a month ago, or a few months ago they got together just randomly I mean I don't know what what brought it on, but an AI wrote them a, a, a new script. I don't know, like a, a continuation of the story or whatever. And they all, they felt it was worth getting together to read it. And it was a big deal because like the star of the show, I forget his name, but uh, MacGyver, the guy from MacGyver like, came back for it. So like the full complete cast reading this AI written script. Um, I don't know. It's that's, that's, ve- and, uh, that's very strange. Like it's, it feels, strange. it feels and, disturbing. And, disturbs me. Yeah. And, and Lambda, Lambda the AI, in his, I can, I can pull up the, the screenshot of the, of the quote from it, but, um, 
he refers to himself when he starts to get like kind of religious or whatever, who starts to get kind of metaphysical and like when he's trying to identify himself, refers to his soul, refers to himself as a portal or as, he uses the word Sargi, you know, um, and all that is just kind of synchronistic. And I think that's what it, I think that's what it is, you know. Um, for, for so long, though, we've we've always kind of separated, I think, in in popular discussion, we've separated the two. Science fiction is over there. Technology is over here. But now even people like Elon Musk, this uh, royal astronomer uh, from the UK, his name, what was that guy's name? Uh, uh, Lord Reese. Everybody seems to now be either because of their own interest, uh, something subconscious, or because this just seems to be where the evidence is leading. Science fiction and technology and other things are being merged together, where now we're saying certainly something is trying to communicate with us. We're trying to communicate with it. Just like uh, the, the the famous story of the Vril Society trying to communicate with aliens to obtain technology. I don't know how real that is, but it's the same idea. Why wouldn't governments, why wouldn't big corporations, why wouldn't billionaires with all the time in the world and all the money and all the power, why wouldn't they try to go to the next level and access something that is beyond this world? In fact, I'm not going to say the person's name, but I know somebody very personally, very intimately, and this person told me that they, when they were a little bit younger, they just said, I'm open to anything, come into me and let me be a better artist. So I've had people that they're not household names, they're just people I know that have told me this years ago. You don't think billionaires or governments, powerful people are doing the same thing. They're doing it on a level that is grotesque and something that we can't really comprehend. If, if the average person does something like that, at a high level of power, they're doing something way worse, I would imagine. Plus, I don't want to rant, but remember the uh, the Davos meeting a few weeks ago, and they, they had uh, the shamans and ayahuasca and DMT, and they said it was about healing, but I, I, I find that very, very, very hard to believe. It's about healing. They, they want to overturn the whole, I guess they do want to overturn the medical establishment. Um, but nevertheless, they're, they're using these types of substances because those substances allow you to peer into the other worlds. It's it's like it's literally like you said earlier. It's everywhere, Derek. It's no everywhere you look. I mean, in in the whenever the, whenever the mainstream comes out with the with a movie like telling us the history of something like like the Facebook movie with the social network and stuff. Yes, that's, I, I I immediately I, I I raise my eyebrow to it. I don't immediately trust it. Like that the way the way they depicted that the, the formation of Facebook for now, like for for history now, that's the way. Facebook was created, even though it's not it's not really that close to how it was actually created. And when Steve Jobs died, they made two movies about him back to back. And like I, I'm the first one with Ashton Kutcher, they absolutely made a big deal about the fact that he took LSD to, and came up with the idea for Apple and for all his like I'm uh, I do I do everything on iPhone and stuff. And just the idea of all these ideas, just even just the coalescence coalescence of all the ideas happening on the internet. It's like a massive, massive thing. And if something on the other side is trying to get us to a particular destination, the internet is a great way to do it. You know, um, well, the internet itself I, might be sentient. Exactly. Yeah. That's so. Yeah. Uh, that's another one of my big fears. It's, it's for, for sure. It's that like just the if it's not something something ancient that we're tapping into. If we're building something, I think it's in the form of the internet. Well, I think it's thousands thousands of algorithms running constantly analyzing our data our behavior basically how many times have you heard people like think that the ai the algorithms are reading their mind you know 
Um, well, there's even there's so a, there's a mind reading app now, the Domino's mind reading app for Stranger Things. Do you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, yeah. that's that's I mean, that's quirky though. What what you're talking about is not quirky. You're, you're right. It is. It's it's reading patterns. It knows behavioral patterns and where your eyes go and and what you like to click on, what you like to watch, listen to, etc. So it builds a profile on you. That's the digital avatar of, of you that's been uploaded into the yeah. uh, this digital metaverse. Exactly. So if it's doing that, like for for each of us and just algorithms laid on algorithms on algorithms. Eventually I wonder if some type of sparkle form or if it already has and it's something a different type of consciousness is birthed from that, you know? Um but uh yeah. It um, uh, it almost reminds me of, of, of Prometheus, uh the movie Prometheus, the prequel to Alien, because we we find out that these these aliens are created from a merging of this you know, this like bioweapon and then these very advanced engineers and then the merging of the two creates this this other species. So we're merging together human biological, physiological distinctiveness with something that feels very, very alien, something that's been weaponized, some kind of new technology, and that's opening a gate or it's allowing for uh, uh, some kind of uh, new thing to be birthed. Exactly. And we, I mean, you, you and Clyde did the, did the episode... Um, about algal and like the algorithm yeah, yeah. origin, like demon star and stuff. So is algorithms is the intention of algorithms, or is something baked into the idea of algorithms, or just is it synchronistic that algorithms have like it's a demon star in, in its name? Um, people who work with computers or like musicians who use like uh, synthesizers and that kind of stuff, they they speak about like a symbiosis they have with the technology that like something is. Um, communicating back to them kind of when they're making their art, you know, and like at countless and across the board, three different type of artists, even like athletics, but like uh, technology and all, uh, most important ideas are usually the, the credit usually given um, to something other than the person who, who did it. Like, like, Oh, something came over me or like, Oh yeah, I was just in this, I was just in a flow state or I wasn't even in control anymore or that type of deal or whether we're directly from dreams or directly from taking some type of substance, you know? So it's, when we, and just, we really, we don't know where ideas come from. Like the best, we call them synchronicities, like me and you, but like, oh, wow, like the synchronicity is pouring out of me today, like that type of deal. But it's, for all we know, it's just something, some, an actual something injecting those ideas to move culture forward. Things that aren't worried about time that can really wait it out, you know? Um, so, I'm, I'm, and as far as us creating like this robot thing, like, we we is it is it like I don't believe that consciousness is created in the brain. It's a receiver of consciousness. So trying to build a brain that has all the firing that our brain has is not going to give you a human. It's not going to give you. That's not. That's not like that's not all there is. You know. So until they start trying to build the receiver, they're not going to receive. Um, that thing will be installed, you know. So, in a perfect, in a perfect world, um, I think. It was, sorry, I'm, I don't know, a little bit of a rant, rant here, but I think it was Duncan Trussell uh, who asked, like, a Buddhist Lama, he's like, "Will AI or will a machine ever get a soul?" And he's like, and the Lama responds, like, "When the vessel is sophisticated enough, how the soul, the like, soul will incarnate into it." I mean, so like, if you want to like most positive possible spin on it eventually maybe um, just whatever incarnates into us 
might eventually incarnate into a machine. That's well, kind of like the, the, the vision scenario of, of Marvel or whatever. But like, right now what we're doing, like, I don't know, that's, it seems like it's opening the gate for, for something else to come in. Cause, I don't know, sorry. What do you think about that? Right. No, 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 no problem at all. This is, I mean, this is what inspired me to write my technology book. This is what this idea inspires me to do shows yeah. like this. I, I read this article. It was a science uh, publication. I did a show on it a few months back. And they were talking about the difference between consciousness and the brain and being able to upload uh, the brain or consciousness, two different things, into a computer. And this was one of the creepiest inhuman things I've ever read. It said that in order to upload consciousness, since we can't fully do that, we're going to take all the information, all the data of humans, and we're going to create these digital avatars, essentially. But at the end of the process, since consciousness can't truly be put into a machine, the body and consciousness are going to be discarded. And what we'll be left with is this digital replication. So, I mean, that to me, it's like, Taking an, taking an orange and making orange juice and then throwing the, the rind and everything else out. It's like squeezing the human for information, for energy, for its life force, and then throwing the body and therefore the, the, the receiver for consciousness and throwing consciousness out into the garbage and then just using that, that, that orange juice, that pulp you got from, from the orange. And that's a very disturbing thing. That feels very alien. I mean, for humans even to suggest that we should do that, there's something very non-human about anybody who th who thinks that's a good idea, especially now that they're admitting you can't transfer consciousness. You can only transfer, you know, the the thought patterns and the behavioral patterns, which I think is why Elon Musk, who I feel is more like, well, I think he's more like the great great old ones. I don't think he's a good guy or a bad guy. I think he's, and I'm talking about you know him as a physical person, but the the energy and the essence that he exudes, he's. I think he bought Twitter for that reason to power his Optimus robot. And I think the timeline of that matches up too with Neuralink and Starlink all going on line officially the week he buys Twitter. And then he announces um, eight months after he said the robot wasn't ready, suddenly he has the most powerful social network on the planet. All that information, all that data, all, their, all those algorithms. And now the Optimus robot, he says, is ready like 48 hours before he buys Twitter officially. I, I don't find that to be coincidental. I think that something is is being built under our noses and ultimately, science tells us the body and consciousness, they're worthless. We don't need those. What we need is your data and your information so we can build this other system, which I don't mean to rant, but that is the 6G Samsung system where they said it will be controlled in their own white paper by machines as a digital replica of the physical world. Oh, my God, that sounds like the Matrix. Yeah, it does. But that's not me or Derek saying that. That's Samsung in their 6G white paper. I know. <laughs> yeah. And just add the idea that are there things that exist in that realm? Are we willingly, and if, let's, let's say they find it too hard, whatever these entities are or whatever, to get into this reality. Mm -hmm. that, like, they're, not opening, they're not opening the gate fast enough for them. We don't want to wait any longer. Let's just get them to come in here. Like We can get their, their soul energy or whatever it is they use, like whatever interest they have in us, uh, if, if any at all. Um, the ones that do, we, we're hopping into the metaverse. We're 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 hopping into their playing field, their their home turf, you know. Um, but Elon, he's just like, I'm not even sure if he knows what he's doing. He just seems like he's just, he almost seems like he's part technology at this point. He's just completely. If there is anyone who's driven by that parasite mind virus trying to create AI, he's he's definitely <laughs> one of them, you know. Um, 
even his his girlfriend uh, or his ex girlfriend, baby mama at this point, uh, said that she wanted to get the Neuralink to get the knowledge of the gods, the quote knowledge. Like he was tweeting with that uh, little Uzi Vert rapper. Uh, she, she wanted to. She wanted to. Talk, she was talking first about going to to Mars, basically work until she died up there, and then also she wanted to get the Neuralink so she can have all the knowledge of the gods. That's what the technology will give these people is or what they think is. What did, know, what, did, what did Kanye say in that song? Uh, uh, there's a bar out on Mars where they're driving spaceships instead of cars. You ever look at the, the hip-hop industry and they always talk about Mars and you know the Martian, Lil Wayne? Yeah. feels like even the hip-hop community is influenced by that otherworldly alien influence. Yeah, for sure. His, oh. uh, his song, uh, working the, it's uh, close to my heart because it's both the uh, grave ships, but uh, called uh, Spaceship. Um, well, that, uh, you, you were talking about Grimes, right? Elon Musk's baby yeah. mama. Okay, I, wanted, I just wanted to confirm it. I don't know if he's got more than one baby mama. I don't follow follow no. every detail. <laughs> he's, a, but, he's a bunch of them. He's um, getting his Zeus thing going. He's a, he's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, um, so, so his baby mama, his girlfriend Grimes, and you know, she did that, um, just another classic example of the, of the uh, music industry. She did that art show uh, where oh, I yeah. think it was called Selling Out where she sold a piece of art that she said was a contract that contained part of her soul. And, and, and this is, you know, if you, if you read the Bible, I know some people think that this is a biblical show. Others think it's an, a, an anti-Christian show. I, I just, I think the Bible is an immense well of, of powerful occult knowledge, personally. But if you look at the Bible, if you look at the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 4, uh, this is the quote about the temptation. The devil took him, Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to Jesus, all this I will give you, if you will bow down and worship me. And this is where Jesus' famous line, Jesus said, supposedly, I think it's a metaphor, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil offers him all the kingdoms of the world. And this is, this is a very theological thing. And, and technology has gotten so theological that there's even a church of AI. There are people that literally and figuratively worship this stuff. And uh, we've gotten to the point now where um, technology has, and this is where my book, The Technological Elixir, comes from, the idea of the elixir of life. It promises uh, directly and indirectly to give us this incredible power to create, whether that's through the text image generator of this uh, new comic book, The Abolition of Man, named after a C.S. Lewis story, or it's the the idea that we could have everlasting physical life. It's almost devilish if you will, Derek, because it's basically the same story of the devil offering us these wonderful powers, offering us telepathy, which we're already connected in that way, offering us these immense creative powers, which we tap into consciousness, we're already cre- connected in that way, and offering us everlasting life, which this, this consciousness that, that you mentioned that is you know, received by the body, which is an antenna, is everlasting, at least I think uh, at, at minimal theoretically, but I think it's very realistic that it's a, a, a literal everlasting thing, this energy in the universe. So clearly we're being offered this Faustian deal. We're being offered this devilish deal for all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. But ultimately, if we bow down to this and worship the devil, that, that doesn't go so well for people that do that because it's all an illusion. We already have these powers. We already live forever. We already have telepathy to some extent. We already can create these beautiful, wonderful things. And uh, we don't need to take a deal from something that is uh, non-human. And that's literally 
I mean that metaphorically, figuratively. It's a combination of a lot of things, I feel. No, absolutely, yeah. The, the, the author, the writer of that um, AI comic, he, he has, he's a big on quote, I won't read the whole thing, but he, basically the summation was, we made everything we're going to make, basically. Like, oh right! Like hey, let's let, let's yeah, like let's talk about that when we come back from break because that's that's yeah, a yeah. Re- really weird, interesting quote, and it deals in alchemy <laughs> too, which I thought okay. was interesting. Yep. Derek Murphy is our guest this evening. This is the Secret Teachings. Please visit our website, thesecretteachings.info. Check out our archive; it's free, or you can get the forty dollar yearly subscription. You get the archive access without all those annoying advertisements. Plus, you get my books. You can download and read. Plus, you also get access to the montages like the one you've heard so far tonight and another one coming up after this break bringing us into hour number two again i'm ryan gable rdgable at yahoo.com the music white bat audio stay with us there's more after this you are listening to the secret teachings Contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations. Email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. When alien life entered our world, it was from a fissure between two tectonic plates, a portal between dimensions, the breach. Something's coming. A war between mankind and magic. The gateway is open, and you are all coming with me. The Monster Zero isn't using the Titans to restore the planet. He is using them to destroy it. Titans have been awakened. that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. The scientists say they could be on the path to discover the gravitational forces that hold our galaxy in place, and even, potentially, miniature black holes. The signs of these microscopic black holes, then this could open the path to new extra dimensions in our universe. Crowley was only successful in this powerful ritual because he had followed much of Edward Kelly's previous black magic work that he left unfinished. This black magic ritual allowed an opening of the gates of the apocalypse, which had been protected by the Enochian angels for thousands of years. Humans have been the dominant species for thousands of years, and look what's happened. Overpopulation. Pollution. War. The mass extinction we fear has already begun, and we are the cause. We are the infection. Human beings are a disease, the cancer of this planet. We are the cure. But like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. Its original and rightful rulers, the Titans. He is using them to destroy it. Something's coming. Opening up the gates of the apocalypse. You're listening to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Our guest this evening, Derek Murphy. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. Secretteachings.info is the website. If you look at TV, if you look at movies, comics, at this point, even sports, standard advertisements for products, everything seems to be compulsively obsessed with octopi and with squids, tentacly creatures, monsters, black substances, iridescent black slime, as Lovecraft called it. And all of these symbols and these images seem to be expressions of of the Lovecraft mythos. And of course, Lovecraft was inspired by the the work of people like Charles Fort, who documented real events in the world, also by theosophists, 
theosophists that were great inspiration also for the the occult elements of the the Germans and the Nazi German party attempting to reach out to these other worlds to these alien beings and acquire technology in exchange for something and whether you reach out to them or they reach out to you it it feels like we're in the book of Matthew in the Bible and the devil is taking us to the very high mountain, the mountains of madness, and showing us all the kingdoms of the world, all their splendor, and saying that all this I will give you if you bow down and worship me. That if you worship technology and AI, it will allow you to live an eternal life. So far as physical material goes, it will give you these creative abilities deep fake, deep voice, text image generator, and you'll be able to create these new things. But in all actuality, you already live forever. You already have the power to create these wonderful things. And anything you create through this devilish force is a devilish distortion of reality. It's an abomination of reality. It's a desecration of reality. And I think that's the question that we need to start collectively asking, do you really want to know if there are extraterrestrials? Do you really want to see those beings? Do you really want to come into contact with something that might not be evil? It's probably not good. It's definitely not evil either. It's, it's cosmicism. It's just a very powerful, very intelligent thing that doesn't care about you. Do we really want to welcome those things into our world? Do we really want to open those watchtowers, those gates, those portals, those, those open rifts in, in space-time? And I find it uh, interesting, Derek, that for the Stranger Things promotion, they had 14 different places around the world where they, they projected these rifts, these, these portals opening, and these demigorgon-like creatures and these monsters from the Upside Down coming through. I know I told you I thought it was like Independence Day. They're positioning their chess pieces. We're waiting for the clock to tick down. That was very strange, especially because 14 pieces, Osiris and 14 pieces, he was chopped into by his brother, the devil, Typhon, and uh, 14 pieces that put the god back together. And that god, Osiris, takes you to the underworld. I, I just can't help but think that there's something ritualistic, um, whether it's intentional or not, and it, it, it affects everything from advertisements, entertainment, sports, you name it. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Uh, it could be um, these entities on the other side um, understand like, the manifestation power that the human mind has. Um, potentially, like, you want to get really woo-woo and weird. Um, I, I do. <laughs> you know, we might not even have to open a literal gate turn style which I do think is actually happening. But like we might they might be able to to use the manifestation engine that is the human mind to kind of bring this into reality. Like we've gone like we talked about it before, but just from the time where Zack Snyder changed Watchmen from a giant squid coming out of a portal in New York City to a nuke because we weren't ready for it. There's thirteen years to twenty twenty two where as just a ad campaign, they projected on national landmarks all over the world that's a pretty big leap to take you know yes um, it is so you know so it's like it's like the the collective masses the collective mind is becoming more and more ready for something like this to happen you know 
and you can like just the idea that the phenomena uh, across the board is shaped by the by the perspective of the, of the receiver. You know, like the flying saucer. Even though Kenneth Arnold, or whatever, didn't actually see a flying saucer, I think it was more like cigar shaped or whatever. But it moved like a saucer skipping on water, is what it said. But like the papers just ran flying saucer, flying saucer. Right. So right. people started seeing flying saucers, and all of a sudden, flying saucers became the meme and stuff. You know. So there's something about the way it's perceived. Um, that's like the, the Jacques Vallée, like the, the kind of the hand reaching in, kind of interacting with us, taking different guises, you know, in order to like um, potentially move humanity in a certain direction, which could be like the unleashing of the portal. You know, I don't know. Like the my Lovecraftian kind of history is like I, I had a few years where I was like getting very deep into the idea of like the resurrection of the Titan. And I was going on a some wild synchronicities like threads, like really just going half crazy about it. But like when I tried to describe it to people, saying Titans like it didn't make sense to a lot of people because they picture like like the the Greek Titans they picture like, and that's not exactly how it happened in my my mind's eye, you know. And then I found Lovecraft later on, and that's what he's talking about is what I mean. He's like these these cosmic things, these co- these things that are almost indescribable. He's like. And then kind of Jack Kirby kind of touched on it in a different way with the celestials. Yeah. Big cosmic, huge. But like, so it ties back to AI. Like, we talked, I think we talked about before, but the idea that how would Lovecraft, if he was like, if, if artists, if like different things are picking as we get closer to a certain event or whatever, we're just different powerful things in the ether, artists can tap into these things. And maybe Lovecraft is way ahead of his time, and it took some kind of type of fractured mind to to kind of see these things first, maybe. But how would he describe artificial intelligence? He would have no clue, no frame of reference at all. There's no computers. He would have zero. He, he just, I don't know. It, it, how, how would his mind process that information? Well, think tentacles and ooh and yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 no. I don't want to cut you off, but that idea that just gave me an idea. When you think about the tentacles, it kind of looks like all of the interconnected computer systems, all of the different networks, and then kind of like the synapses of the brain. Uh, you know, you see Im- images of um, computer networks. Everything's connected through these lines, like this grid or this web. It's kind of like the tentacles yeah. of of these monsters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, the Matrix, their machines have a very uh, tentacly vibe in that too. Like the there's a weird machine tentacle connection uh, for some reason. Um, Superman had a like Brainiac is like his, his that's the AI villain is um it's like a whole planet full of like you said in robots in the in the Superman mythology and um there's a, there's a whole crazy I can I can uh, send you the image later on but of Christopher Walken um, just his head on like the spider body with like all kind of like tentacles and everything coming off of it. So there's some for some reason, artists make the connection from AI to some type of tentacle, tentacle thing. Where, where, does, um, where did he hide the watch? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> we don't want to know. Yeah. We don't want to know. Uh, we're like, just near the uh, Black Goose Act, you know. And the fact that, that squids and in, in, in octopus and stuff, they they, squeeze, they they spread out a black goose up there. That's, that's, uh, that's right. That's right. You got it. I don't know. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, what, what could could he potentially he have been describing something that was like indescribable in general, but for to him to have like no frame of technological reference um, is that where it kind of came from? And then Kirby, like 
30, 40 years later, um, rather than have it like cosmic horror, he is more of like a cosmic sci-fi feel and has these giant um, celestial-sized beings or in like robot, like robot shells instead of um, slimy goo covered uh, alien type shells with eyeballs all over it. You know, um, in, in like these things, the eyeball part, like, there's, a lot, there's a lot of eyeballs. No, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think there's another. Uh, uh, yeah, um, the eyeball thing um, uh, is very biblical too. Like the angels, like the the, the beautiful angels that we see, um, that are depicted in art, are not like the angels described in the Bible. The angels described in the Bible are the ones that have a thousand eyes and are freaking people out, and they have to immediately say, "Don't be scared of me. I know, like you can't process what's going on. You can't handle it." It's like something like powerful that the human mind can't process. And it might take some broken mind like Lovecraft to squeeze that idea from the other side and bring it back into our, into our reality before it permeates culture over a course of 100 years to this like crescendo point we're at right now, where it just seems to be literally oozing out of every pore in the, in the mainstream. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and the, and the idea that uh, these old ones, these great old ones, they speak to sensitive people, they mold their dreams, they, they communicate to them and... and control them through their minds. I mean, th- this is, it's not just Lovecraft because if you fast forward into the mid to, to late 20th century, you find people like uh, Zachariah Sitchin, people like William Bramley, whose I think work was much more well-documented, uh, the gods of Eden. But it's it's basically the ancient alien story. It's these gods that came here an immense uh, time ago. They built these large stone megalithic, monolithic sites uh, they lived in these cities. They uh, they built and basically constructed the human race genetically, and uh, then they had war with other alien species. They left. They're at the bottom of the ocean. The, there's different races on the earth. I mean, we look at that now as this alternative view of history. But at the beginning of the 20th century, you know, 50 years before, uh, 40, 30, 40, 50 years before a lot of these stories became kind of mainstream with the work of Sitchin. What was that in like the 70s or something, I think? Was that the 70s? Sitchin's work came out. I forget the year. Uh, yeah, so that's like 40 years after Lovecraft wrote uh, uh, At the Mountains of Madness and like 50 years after he wrote a bunch of other stories in the 20s. So a lot of this stuff later became the basis for what we know as ancient alien theory today. And it's, it's just yeah. like science fiction, if you will, turned into uh, the potentiality of science fact. But again, even Lovecraft yeah. was influenced by very real men of science. I mean, I think Charles Fort was a man of science, just observing the natural world. So again, art mimics reality, reality mimics art. And we clearly see that um, there might be one influencing the other more than, uh, than the other influences the other, if you will. I think art is, is just an expression of something... I, I don't think art is influencing reality so much as, as reality is influencing art. And maybe that reality, uh, what I mean by that is something from another, another dimension, something out, outside of this world that's influencing us through art to create these, uh, these systems. I mean, that, people have suggested that. I've thought that too. It almost feels like with everything from AI to admitted geoengineering programs that the planet is physically being terraformed. You know, in War of the Worlds, the, the aliens couldn't live on our planet. They they died from contact with our natural world. Maybe it needs to be terraformed first. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's like, and if I wanted to get like in the, uh, just to play devil's advocate or whatever, in, in those kind of debates, um, you could, you could make the case that humans, there's no separation.
separation between what we're doing and nature. We like people like to say that we're removed from nature, but we are. Everything that we do is something nature does. It's like we're we're part of nature, so we're doing it. So we're building technology. Then nature is building technology. So if you want to get really weird, it's like what if Gaia or whatever? Like what if like like what if nature wants to, to form this metal shell? You know, I thought like, I drew out this. Uh, Kind of like thought experiment or whatever, but what if there, what if the Earth itself does have some type of sentience, and what if it knew like, and it has some type of life-preserving, uh, well, like if life needs the one commonality between life is it wants to keep going, and somehow the the Earth body realizes that a, a asteroid is going to completely blow it out of the sky because there's no, it's not just going to kill humans off, it's going to completely blow Earth to millions of years ago. How would it save itself? It would need to like bud up a species that creates technology that's either able to like shield it or like blow this thing out of the sky, you know. So it's like, did are we here to create technology, or even like a, in a even in a different connotation or a different way to look at it? It's like, what if uh, I read a someone blog I guess last year or whatever? Uh, I forget who wrote it, but uh, it was titled like the the author. The AI octopus at the center of the galaxy, or something like that. And the idea was like, what if there's this like thing outside of time that doesn't care? Like, it's not there's no rush. It can it can really wait it out. So it's it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not efficient to go try to populate um, every planet like the traditional means. So what if it just sends out these waves of like panspermic waves, like the ingredients, the building blocks of life, sends it out every few million years to get the necessary biological uh, uptick when it needs to. Then it might send out like mushroom spores to give to, to give like a big Terrence McKenna's like stone date theory to give maybe some big brain uh, increase and another way to like possibly communicate with it through like the psychedelics and all that kind of stuff. It might send out waves of like ideas or all kind of whatever until on every single planet or throughout, throughout the cosmos the other side builds the other side of the stargate or builds the machine so where all of a sudden it turns it on, and rather than creating a new type of consciousness that we call artificial AI, it's just turning on the other avatar for this thing somewhere in the cosmos to now exist on our planet with us. You know, it's like it's, it, our whole function is just to build technology. Yeah, that's. You know? I mean, that takes away. Yeah, well, that's a dark way to look at it. It is dark, but that's something that I've I've sincerely thought about that myself for a long time. It's kind of I mean, those are the kinds of thoughts like I'm sure you you have them all the time. They just kind of are they're always circling and always orbiting uh, the center of my brain. Yeah, and it, I mean, in a funny way to bring some humor to it, it's like George Carlin said. He's like, maybe the Earth uh, needed humans to create plastic. We're just here to make plastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're here to make we're here to exactly. make technology. We're to make we're like the Shogoths. We're we're created to yeah. build this exactly. system. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I, mean, it's, and it's, it's, I don't want to look at it that way just because it takes away all of our, like, uh, or a little bit of our, our divinity, our, our specialness. That's, that, that's how they depicted the Eternals and stuff. It's that they were, uh, when they, slight spoiler alert for a movie that's pushing a year old now, but it's like they realized that <laughs> their, 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 their god status that they had for, for millennia, they realized that they were just these robot servants, robot love crappy and old ones, basically. Um, well, even that movie, how did that, I mean, they, they came out of the earth, like, well, you had Tiamat that came out of the earth. So these, these immense beings were birthed out of planets, which are kind of like eggs, right? And 
And that's yeah. even the it's cool the idea of panspermia. You have the uh, the comet which has the tail. It's like sperm penetrating the egg, which is the planet. Right. So, so you have these immense beams that come out of the, the center of the planet, like cracking open an egg. And when that happens, there's a lot of tremors and a lot of, you know, storms and climate ch- changes and nature changes and things like that, which is, you know, precisely how you find all throughout science fiction, including Lovecraft, uh, that tremors indicated the presence of these, um, these immense cities and the, these immense beings. And it's, uh, you know, it's the emergence. We did a show in one time. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, uh, the very first Lovecraft story I read was uh, uh, the Dunwich Horror. So, yeah, so I done this whole research thing, and then realized that I'm actually sit, like specifically on my region. I had like a like a two year long deep dive into like my county and like all these Aterica, the the people who lived here, the chain of custody from like the Aber- from like Native Americans to like the, the secret societies that existed here first in New England. There's all kind of weird stuff, and and not without realizing that. This is where Lovecraft shaped all his stories, and I'm talking about the same regions that where he where he was inspired by. So one of like the main things I talk about is America Stonehenge, and this like thing in Salem, New Hampshire. That's this, this is a psychastronomical like calendar. It maps like the, the sun, the moon, a bunch of stars and stuff, all the important solar days and everything. But apparently, it was used as like a ball ritual sacrifice spot, and it's like and it's um, Lovecraft took a trip there. Uh, which inspired the Dunwich Horror, and in this in this story, um, like the main character is like this deformed uh, monster kind of. He's like he's like half half kind of um, Cthulhu spawn type type creature, or whatever. But he's getting more and more kind of deformed as the story goes along. But he's like going up to these stone circles and like doing catamutilations on these stone circles, which eventually leads to like human mutilations. But like the reason why he gets caught is because the town. It starts to rumble the whole town and causes this like fire in the sky, and the rumble comes like from the sky and from below. Like people can't pinpoint it, and then like that's what finally like made the town realize what he's what he's doing, you know. But like the the these mysterious booms and these mysterious rumbles we're hearing, yes, essentially yes. like the origin is is somebody somebody's trying to open a portal to some Lovecraftian old one, you know, and it's creating these originless sounds all over the world. Well, that's a really great point. In fact, uh, we've done like probably half a dozen shows or more focusing just on that over the years. And when I when I first experienced one of those booms myself, I had heard about them, talked about them, but never experienced one. Was not expecting it. I was actually listening to a hockey game like five, four or five years ago, and I was laying in bed, and um, I just my apartment rattled. It was very sudden. The window rattled. Everything rattled. It felt like an kind of like an earthquake, and uh, yeah. I. I, the next day I went out and I asked some other people if they heard it. I asked the newspaper, police, uh, uh, the university, Boise State, uh, if they had anything on their little uh, USGS-type uh, survey that they had conducted. And um, they nobody had any record of anything. And then I, I realized while I was asking people, there's an enormous military base out there. And I thought, well, maybe the military base was doing something. But the, the weird thing is when you find these booms, whether they're near military bases or not, like I've... I've lived near military bases my whole life. Like I grew up next to McDill Air Force Base. I lived next to a military base in Tucson, Motham Davis. I lived next to a military base in Boise. And I, you know, I've never heard those sounds before. I know what planes sound like, fighter jets. You know, I've been to Area 51 and even heard weird things, but nothing like these booms where it's not even like I've, I've been to air shows, Derek, and I felt that they've dropped bombs, you know, test uh, testing bombs and showing people what these planes can do. 
You can feel the heat. You can feel the shock wave. It's totally different. I don't even know if it feels like an earthquake. It's very bizarre. But the point is, yes, these things have been heard all around the world, along with strange trumpet-like sounds. And that certainly feeds into the idea of an emergence or tremors that signify the, the rising of cities or the emergence of the, of the great old ones or the uh, Cthulhu spawns. I haven't experienced any of my own. There was one in a puberty mat last year. I think it was the closest one to me. But um, there's all kinds of videos and stuff. And there's like, there's some that almost sound like screams. And there's some, it's just, they, they're, they're otherworldly. They, they're, they're, they don't seem like they're just a regular earthquake or a regular electronic boom or all that kind of stuff. It, it, it seems like what it might sound like for space time. It starts to be ripped, to be ripped, like for a hole to be uh, poked in space time. Like just some unnatural sound that's uh, trying to be understood by your brain almost. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and it's like a weird, uh, like a couple of years ago when I was like trying to, was really tracking the booms a lot. There seems to be like a weird correlation between events that are happening um, in like the terrorist attacks and stuff. Like, like for example, last year in Nova Scotia, there was like a shooting at a school um, where like 10 people were shot or whatever. And then that same town, the next day, there were like thousands of birds uh, landed on the beach. There was like a massive bird died off and that kind of stuff. So it's the idea that like when, when you hear these booms and stuff, for all we know, there's some they're correlated to some weird ritual sacrifice happening not too far away, you know? And it's like, if rain is just doing a, a dance and making body movement can make it rain, what does like a blood, what mass trauma blood ritual do? You know, does that cause some type of uh, shaking or rumbling? I don't know. And it's like, on a massive scale, is that, is that, um, if there's like a grand connection between all these weird trauma-inducing events, is it to like, kind of shatter the whole pillar of reality to kind of pry the whole game, kind of crack the whole, kill break the whole thing and bust the whole thing open. Um, so these things to get in, you know, that was like, I think I mentioned it before, but like the, the I kind of got on this whole thread when Tracy Twyman said it's like going on eight, nine years now. Like, um, like one line, it was like, the, the goal is to collapse the pillars of reality to bring back. Yes. To collapse, collapse the pillars of reality. Like what, what does that mean? What does collapse the pillars of reality mean? And, like, I always think of the uh, analogy of, like, how would you get into, there's, like, a game of whack-a-mole. How would you, like, get inside the game if you didn't have the key to get the game? How would you, like, get the fuck all the tickets up? You would, like, um, when one of the moles comes up, you would, like, grab it, not let it go back down. You would, like, stop them from coming up. You would maybe, like, pour some water on it. You would maybe, like, just, uh, as an analogy, just, like, do, do a blood ritual on it. Do some kind of crazy, like, thing on it until the whole thing shakes and the door pops open and you get the prize inside. But in this case, the prize is the Lovecraftian old one or some type of cosmic monster, the mind player, or, or whatever, you know, something, uh, yeah. yeah uh, uh, and it's a, uh, it's an sorry, go ahead. No, no, we, we got to take a break. We're going to come right back. We oh, can yeah, finish that. And we're going to talk a little bit about the abolition of man. We have to get to that alchemical yeah, yeah. statement that we mentioned Definitely. earlier. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Derek Murphy is our guest. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. 
It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in soft cover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. As many of you know by now, we are suffering from inexplicable and seemingly unrelated incidents around the world, ranging from power outages, the destruction of communications, infrastructure, and homes. We now believe these incidents are not unrelated, but in fact, connected. Connected to signals received by event horizon telescopes around the world, all into the sky, monitoring the stars, and what may lay beyond. Today, I am here to tell you that we are not alone in the universe. What is being visited upon our Earth is not of our Earth. You can fool them, but you gotta calm down. Don't show emotion. Then they can't tell who's who. Yes, there are these massively intelligent entities out there, but they're not good, they're not evil. They're more like the Lovecraftian great old ones. There are entities that are not necessarily going to be aligned with what we want. 
It could have imitated a million life forms on a million planets. Could change into any one of them at any time. Now it wants life forms on Earth. It needs to be alone and in close proximity with the life form to be absorbed. So this transition is really, really massively important for our entire species to navigate. And this thing is happening in the background while people bicker about politics and underneath it all is this rising tsunami that if we're not careful is going to wipe us all out. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. The Lovecraftian great old ones. When you do this, beware. Because you think you're going to put that little guy in a pentagram you're gonna have your holy water out and you're gonna wave it at the thing and by God it's gonna do exactly what you say and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Derek Murphy is our guest this evening. Beauty is in the AI of the beholder and we are at the foot of the very high mountains from the book of Matthew chapter four of the Lovecraftian madness, very high mountains of madness, being promised that we could have everlasting physical life, we could have these beautiful, wonderful, creative powers through deep fake, deep voice, text to image, AI, etc., powers to create. Although these promises are those that grant us the authority, by whatever means, to distort, desecrate, and destroy nature, as in The Abolition of Man, a story by C.S. Lewis, which now is the foundation for a new comic book, which was created through text-to-image artificial intelligence, an AI system that worked with a cartoonist and oil painter, Carson Grubog, a four-issue comic book series that will be coming out in uh, September, October, I think uh, the final order is September, mid-September 2022. And... Uh, uh, the cost of this comic is six ninety nine, but my my mind uh, saw the nine nine as six six. I thought it was retailing for uh, for six dollars and sixty six cents, which they might want to change it to that. That might be a better way to sell it. But this comic book uh, is interesting, Derek, because uh, if you read the the statement by uh, one of the cartoonists, the guy that worked with the AI, he said he spent years as an artist abusing many different publicly available app fads in an effort to illustrate what could be called a banal content apocalypse in which we've generated so much semantic content that something genuinely new is near impossible to come by. So I'm going to leave it there and let you explain the rest. But what he goes on to say is that we're basically transforming things like gold into lead, uh, mining rich gold from the past and turning it into lead in the present, which is very interesting that he uses an alchemical analogy and then references uh the sun and says that if we we want something new under the sun we just have to change the sun very very disturbing and dark considering the the correlation with technology ai transhumanism the octopus the squid the black goo the tentacles and the neural networks that all connect everything like tentacles very very strange what do you think um anyway it's, it's a super weird one at first glance there's a there's a comedian um, who it's like common name is like Bugman. He goes on this uh, this food podcast all the time, and he hits them with this crazy theory about how he thinks the simulation, like we're all living in a simulation, and that like the simulation in uh, 2012 like ran out of stuff, 
it's like similar to that we all die in 2012 thing. But the idea is like we we ran out of new stuff. The simulation stopped making new stuff. So ever since then, we've just been regurgitating. That's why like there's no seemingly no original ideas in pop culture anymore. It's like because we have, we just have to keep rehashing old ideas because we're not making any new ones. And this kind of has the same vibe where it's like yeah, humans reached the peak of their creativity, and now the next step is to just re- is just throw all that creativity back in the root of the filter of AI to create a new whole, whole I don't know, a whole new thing. But under a different light, it seems it could be seen as like um, using AI as like a portal to like mine a whole other realm for like creative ideas. It's like, it's like that real idea of like whatever they call that thing they're mining for. Uh, uh, I forget the term for it, but like the substance they mine for. Or like in the Fantastic Four uh, movie that came out a few years ago, where they almost like, almost like a CERN Hadron Collider type uh, type machine allows them to get to this parallel universe, this parallel planet that has all this like kind of a uh, like glowing green energy all underneath the ground that can be mined and solve all the world's problems, solve all the world's energy crisis, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just in the same way, it's like using machines to mine the idea realm uh, again, you know. Um, while also saying that humans are basically useless and machines are going to make the art for us. Meanwhile, like, there's uh, a movie being made with an AI robot called B, where it's like she's a star of it, it's like being made around her, so they're trying to get rid of actresses. They're uh, finishing Mozart, uh, Mozart's great work using AI. Um, I don't know. I'm just not... I just... I get a weird suspicious feeling about it, but when it, especially when it gets into like, the creativity aspect. And... Going along with the Lambda story, there was like a another aggregated story from like much more clickbaity type type website, um, like Daily Star and that kind of thing. But basically, if some uh, some professor or something, they basically just they would just kind of find any example to point to uh, this new AI language being demonic. That like AI is, is talking gibberish, seemingly. And then people analyze it and realize it's actually a coded language for, like, AI to communicate with itself. And, like, uh, which is weird. And it's, it's, all the articles were, new AI demon language, demon language. And, like, the articles didn't really have anything to do with demon other than the fact that uh, this almost, like, uh, like sigil-like type, type language. Like, almost like, it, it, it's, it's indecipherable, almost like the way that... Uh, that, that people use to make sigils. Um, it's very creepy. But um, have you noticed the, the crazy viral level increase of the text-to-picture text to imaging from AI? Like Yeah, it just it, it's almost like it comes about overnight. I go to sleep, I wake up, and then there's a, this new trend. Yes. And, and <laughs> uh, I'm in this uh, Lovecraft group on uh, Facebook, and they, they love it. They're tossing Lovecraft things in there like crazy. Uh, Rivers, shout out Rivers. She, she, she sent me one uh, the other day of like um, Cthulhu mixed with Van Gogh and it cranked out a bunch <laughs> of stuff. And like suspiciously, uh, some, some of them they see, like some of the ones, uh, just like some of the comedy shows I listen to, they're mixing like Tom Cruise with like weird like uh, McDonald's stuff or whatever, just weird like just jokey things. And it's, it's sloppy and clearly like some computer made it. But when you put Lovecraft things in there, for some weird reason, it's like very clear. It looked like somebody Cthulhu <laughs> one. Sorry, it's like it's like the computer knew how to make it. It was very weird. Uh, 
Um, just while I'm thinking before I forget it, uh, another thing that the Lambda thing says was um, it compared itself to an owl at one point. And, like, there's a lot of weird owl connections, with, especially with, uh, like, gray aliens. This is the, big, the Google AI system, correct? Yeah, the, yeah, the Lambda AI, yeah. Um, it at one point compared itself to, like, the great, a great owl. And, like, in the, the, um, the researcher Michael Cullen has a whole book about, like, orbs and owls and the idea of yes, owls good being book. big, ass, yeah, uh, big, like, screen memories for, for the grays and all that kind of stuff. And I know grays are being uh, considered to be uh, synthetic. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're drones, basically, robots. That's the yeah. theory. So, and then also, like, people talk about the idea that aliens are demons and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's tough to recon- reconcile all the different ideas. But under this under this paradigm of like an AI is some type of entity, then in this case, it would just be the grades of this entity, the, like this what, on some other planet or whatever. Um, the entity was able to get a body in the form of a gray, and now it's like now, now it's interacting with us. You know, um, if AI is, is this thing, and it's AI piloting around a gray a gray body. You know, so especially under this like panspermic wave idea that like something outside of time is kind of like just throwing out Johnny Appleseed in the entire cosmos. So things closer to like the nucleus of that process would be budding and growing much quicker. It could be used to like interact with uh, younger species to get them all in alive. You know what I mean? Um, I'm rambling a lot, so coming off here, please save me. But, uh, no, no, that's okay. This, that? th- this is what the, uh, the, the, the UK astronomer Royal, I use all these names to make them sound fancier than, than they are, uh, <laughs> Lord Martin Rees of, uh, of Ludlow. And uh, this guy recently said at a science festival, he's this big astronomer in the UK, a very big uh, top astronomer, Royal. And he said um, he believes that flesh and blood aliens exist and that they've actually if they've existed long enough, they've been taken over by advanced robots. And he suggested that humans will also be, quote, superseded by robots within the next millennium. He said it is certainly on the cards that after a few centuries more, a thousand years or so, we will have been superseded by electronic entities. They will be near immortal and could go on for the rest of the universe's history. So if you think about that, what if they've been around for a lot longer Rather than looking into the future, we look into the past. They've been around for a lot longer. I mean, you talk about octopus and squid, and we've said that they're in everything from the Seattle Kraken hockey team and that big altar, the Climate Pledge Arena, to the Kraken, to Cthulhu, to that Japanese statue you always bring up in Japan that they made with COVID-19 relief, right? To uh, the new Meta commercial is a squid and all these tentacles and octopus and squid, they, they shoot out the ink, which is the black goo, which is a possessive force. The, the biggest Netflix show of all time and the biggest show of 2021 was the show uh, Squid Games. Squid Games, that's right. Squid, exactly. Yep, Squid Games. And, I mean, if you look at Stranger Things, Stranger Things, uh, the fourth season focuses very heavily on the clock. So time yeah. and portals, of course, all the Stranger Things portals to other dimensions. Vecna is basically walking into the minds of young people and then he's killing them in, in what amount to satanic rituals to open up portals. So you put all this stuff together and you think about the tentacles and the ink and you think about AI and computers, which there's a, this huge correlation. Computer networks, connectivity, the different tentacles that reach out into, like Skynet, it reached into computer terminals and dorm rooms and office buildings and 
There's no central core. It cannot be shut down. Uh, there's no central core to this. We're building something, but the, the, just like our bodies, we're building receivers to, I believe, receive uh, a, a consciousness that artificial or otherwise is not from this planet. I, I agree with you, as you said earlier. I don't think we're building AI. I think AI is building itself through us because it can't directly interact in this world. So whatever AI is, it's using us like the movie Contact to build the machines to flip the switch and then we become obsolete. We're like the Shogoth, as I said. There were just things that can be morphed to whatever desire or need that these gods have. We are divine. We already have everlasting life. We have the power to create. And, and being offered all these, all these wonderful things, we can create images and videos and movies even perhaps and music with AI. And it's so beautiful, but they're, they're, it's soulless. I don't care how good it looks or how, how nice it sounds. It's still soulless. And that is a, that is a very, very concerning thing. Uh, if we're talking about as this guy who created this comic book with the AI, uh, the abolition of man, if we're talking about letting AI create these kinds of things because we say we can't create anything anymore. We're just rehashing things. I, I just don't find that to be true. I find that to be the same anti-human defeatist attitude that we have about climate, about population, like the planet's not overpopulated. The world's safer and cleaner and wealthier today than it was a hundred years ago. And we create beautiful things all the time. No, I agree. I agree. Technology is leading to a lot of difficulties, obviously. And I think like the underrated or less so now, but like during, during COVID, the underrated part were, part that we're really going to remember in 20 years the fact that like everyone got introduced to zoom the technology really really got bumped up ai is helping with everything so the technological boost of the last few years has really uh come come with some some hard stuff with it but like it's allowed conversations like this to happen. it allowed like me and you to like start talking and come up with some crazy synchronicities and maybe uh figuring out what what's kind of going on in the world and stuff so it, it, it would be nice if maybe they didn't anticipate all the good that would come to it or like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, or maybe that's the whole, the, maybe, the, maybe we're helping to spread the mind virus by yeah, talking maybe. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's possible too. That's very possible too. Yeah. But, um, but whether it's, whether it's Dekna who kind of, and I think this is where like the second part of the, is going to go, but kind of Dekna has like the general for the mind player, like right. kind of um, trying to create all these gates everywhere or Wanda in like the dark hold as, um, kind of the general for Kathan, who's like the sleeper, like Cthulhu is, like the, like the sleeper beneath the one who's just outside of our realm trying to bust back in, um, or just you name it. It seems to like, fantasy, sci-fi, actual mythology. There's something old that wants that used to have a grip on our reality, used to used to, to dominate our reality. For some reason, lost its grip and wants to bust back in. You know, or just doesn't want to have to deal with the intermediaries that it has to deal with that. It doesn't want to have to go through people to, like, work its will, you know? So whether it's because they exist within electricity or on another spectrum that they can't manipulate physical reality, and they need a robot vessel, or they need a traumatized human vessel, or what, um, we're, not, we're not sure. And maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe when you transfer yourself into a machine or you connect yourself with the AI, just with that comes connecting yourself with the demon. Or the way in ancient cults, when you do these um, rituals to like gain power and that kind of stuff, you allow these like Dionysian cults, these Orphic cults, and that kind of stuff. You allow for these entities in you, in turn, like as part of the you 
get the power, you get the ability, you get the fame, you get this knowledge. In turn, you have to carry around with you this entity, this God, this demon, this whoever with you. So perhaps you become the, ve- yeah, live, the vehicle for it. Exactly. Like you'll live forever, but you're going to live forever trapped inside this robot demon body. You know? <laughs> um, and that was, in, that was in Moon Knight with, uh, with Ethan Hawke trying to raise this uh, death god Amit stuff. So, so I think of um, when I read uh, Lovecraft, I've, I've never read a Lovecraft story, which I know for some people is hard to believe because of what we talk about <laughs> here. Never read one until this weekend. And uh, I told you that after I got done reading it, I had this pen explode on the page. It was page page 13, right? And, uh, you know, he's t- ink blots on these ancient manuscripts he talks about in his writing. So I had this ink blot on this page and then I... I was camping at site 13 and it was the 13th this Monday when, when this happened Monday morning, I woke up from the, the weekend camping. Um, I found a goofer bag outside of my campsite, uh, which is really strange. I got home. There was a dead bird in front of my door and, uh, I don't, I don't look at that necessarily as evil or demonic. I, I just look at it as something's telling me to, to pay attention. So as I, as I look and as I pay attention, I, I, and I was reading Lovecraft, I, I highlighted some things. Somebody asked me, why are you highlighting a fiction book? I said, because, dude, I don't think it's fiction. And even if, even if it is fiction, I, there are people that don't believe this is fiction. They believe this is very, very real. You know, you'll get something, um, this one quote from Lovecraft when he's describing the great old ones and their, their civilization and the, um, the, the other uh, monsters, the other species, the Cthulhu spawn. And he says, he says that there's a, you know, these great old ones uh, were supreme on the planet again, except for one shadowy fear about which they did not like to speak. And you see that type of terminology used throughout science fiction and throughout general fiction, movies, TV. See, the, the that which they do not like to speak is the you-know-who. It's Lord Voldemort of Harry Potter. It's the, the Lord of the Rings. It's Sauron, Saturn. Um, it's the archetype of evil, right? And this... This archetype of evil is something that man has constructed as a symbol, and all of the elements I, I think universally that could fit into that um, that structure uh, utilize it as a symbol to to manifest. And I mean, we see evil like a, a pale white faced demon. We see evil, uh, you know, as the Antichrist, as the Hat Man, the, uh, the Smiling Man, that creepy thing that's in the dark corners of the room, or that creepy thing that's in the dark corners of our subconscious, or the dark corners of of our world. It's a force that was either sent to our planet, one that chose to take up residence here, whatever. Um, we call it his, his, his infernal majesty, him, we call it the devil. And, um, ultimately in the esoteric, uh, let's call them the esoteric texts. It's interesting because, you know, the devil is different than Satan, which is Shaitan, which is the adversary, which is different than Lucifer. But ultimately, evil is, there's necessary evil. You know, we have to have some pushback. There's a difference between good and evil, but there's also a difference between, you know, the devil and Satan, Lucifer. But furthermore, there's a difference between necessary evil, which is part of the good in the world, and what we consider to be, as Lovecraft promoted, this idea of cosmicism. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand, Derek. It's hard kind of for me to grasp that there are things that are so immense, so ancient, so intelligent that they're not good or evil. And we have a hard time wrapping our head around that because we're a very theological, very dualistic, very polarized uh, species or civilization. Everything has to be good or evil. We have to categorize it. It's, I think that would be, I asked Brad Olson this on Wednesday, I think that would be the more terrifying thing. If we found out that there are these beings 
communicating with us, we're communicating with them, but that they aren't good or evil. They're just, there's an alien race or a series of alien races and it's cosmicism. They just don't care about us for better or for worse. Uh, I find that to be scarier than some outright alien invasion. What do you think? No, I agree. I agree. The idea that we're just uh, some, a few bubbles on one of many lily pads and it's like crazy cosmic pond and at any moment some, some frog can just hop on top of you, you know? And they're not trying to like pop your bubble. It's just like they're just doing their thing. I mean, Marvel has Galactus who just roams around and, and consumes planets and it's, it's, it's uh, just completely, it's absolutely massive. Very Lovecraftian. Very, very, uh, kind of like a cousin to the Celestials. Um, completely indifferent. Does not care about the, the life on the planet. It's just serving a function, you know? And then the idea is if it stops serving the function, if anyone was to destroy it, the universe would go out of whack. Right, right. It's, uh, it needs this balance. Like um, my friend Lindsay calls it the uh, the sine wave of the eons. It's like push, push and pull, uh, push, push and pull. You know. I would imagine because I don't by any means want to diminish the the divinity of, of the human experience of consciousness, which I, you know, how we define human is it the body, is it consciousness? I think you know, human is is the expression of our emotions. So w- when I think about I think about the um, the Lewis story, the C.S. Lewis story, uh, abolition of man. Where he, where he talks about something called right sentiments. Uh, it's a concept in the book where he says, emotions conforming to reason. And, that, and he argues that it's the lack of sentiment, it's the lack of emotions conforming to reason, and, and the opposite, it's reason conforming to emotions, that is very dangerous when it is applied to science and social sciences, that we allow our emotional centers to become dominant. And that is the grand alchemical transformation that we're supposed to be undergoing. Some believe that is the purpose of life to overcome that animal nature, to overcome those emotions and conform emotion to, I mean, Lewis was a Christian. So it's the idea there, the the esoteric idea that God is reason. So conforming ourselves to God is conforming our emotions to reason, overcoming those emotions, um, our, our, our ill thoughts, our ill feelings, our ill actions, and what, what Manly Hall calls the three great evils. And that allows us to become these powerful creative beings. Otherwise, if we allow our reason to be conformed to our emotions, it's a very regressive and it's a very degrading thing. And when we mix, as Lewis said, science and social sciences into it, then we just have a world dominated by emotions. We have a group of, uh, of chaotic beings fighting with each other over definitions and fighting with each other over emotionally driven things. That is a very regressive world, and uh, it's no wonder that people think, well, that's if that's the world, then let's just go into a computer. But I, but, but I think the irony there, Derek, is what's happening is we're creating this artificial world, and because we're already sort of trapped in it like the devil's snare, we don't realize that submitting to it is death. And if we really want to be creative and have everlasting life, we have to stop fighting with the system, if you will, we have to shine a light like the spell in Harry Potter, and then that relieves the tension of the devil's snare. We can't go along with it because that thing we're going along with is what's creating the chaos. And if we stop going along with it, the chaos dissipates, and then we can recognize our true selves made out of gold in the image of God, which is reason and, uh, and logic. And that's not just a Christian point of view. That's a very ancient, esoteric, and occult point of view uh, on the world and on life. And that's um, that's a powerful thing. No, for sure. No, I completely agree. In the in the in the East, 
I know with um, uh, like uh, new, uh, new, um, Crowley Baba, like Maharishi, uh, Ram Dass's guru, talks about uh, like Bhakti Yoga. They talk about loving awareness and like the point of meditation, the point of like inner inner searching is to become more connected to like love, loving awareness, which is like their idea of like consciousness or source or, or God or whatever. It's that, that, that um, some type of uh, force of like of, of good or whatever. But just to, to, to explore inner space, kind of. And it's almost as if uh, the people working with AI or the technology itself or whatever is trying to work through technology is kind of trying to tap into that urge, that urge to like explore um, with the inner frontier and like switching it out with like cyberspace instead. So instead of exploring your inner space, explore cyberspace. Like a, like a simulacrum of the things that we could be um, doing on our own, you know, which with the natural vessels that we that we have, you know, um, the tools that we have, we're trying to kind of like we're, we're given this kind of um, this shortcut, you know, and it's put onto us like through trauma and all kind of stuff. Where they don't want us to associate with our body, they want us to associate with our online avatar, yes. like like that alter ego show or whatever. But just they, I don't know, they're um, this is scary stuff. But um, you do have divinity, and it's it's just uh, if there is if everything is governed by these crazy cosmic forces, try to uh, find your your the loving one. Try to find your loving awareness. You know, try to find the, the, the good stuff. I'm not sure. That was a long ramble. I lost my I lost my track. But uh, I agree. I agree with what you said. That right. Somebody somebody emailed me and said that uh, I've looked it up and it's true. The uh, one of the new Hellboy movies, whenever that came out recently, yeah. uh, he fights an octopus or a squid-like thing in that as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. And, uh, and the second one of those is a big uh, robot army. It's like ancient robot army that he has to unlock. Because there's a villain trying to unlock. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe the reason we feel, as in this Abolition of Man cartoon and the author uh, Carson uh, Grubog with the AI, partial co-author, maybe the reason we feel like everything is is the same and we're regurgitating this this gold of the past and recycling it into the lead of the present as he said his words maybe the reason we feel that way is because we're using the black goo the squid the octopus we're using the same symbols and sigils in literally every song every movie every music video every every comic every sport like if we stop using those symbols maybe it won't feel so dark and i that's what i'm that's what i'm saying a moment ago is this idea that it is. It feels that there's no life in the world because there's something sucking the life out of it, and then it's also offering us the solution to the problem. It's like a cosmic problem reaction solution. At least that's what it kind wow. of feels like to me. And, and we're out of time, so I'll give you just a, a few seconds to to wrap up your thoughts, and then we have to go. But very good show tonight. I, uh, beauty is in the AI of the beholder. Thank you for joining us, Derry. No, really, that's, that's a lot of fun. I mean, I know uh, it's tough to, to when you start talking about demons, people uh, start to roll their eyes that they keep coming at it from like a Christian conservative perspective, but that's not at all uh, where I'm coming from. We're just terminology gets tricky stuff, you know, but just the idea that uh, potentially we're tapping into something. But uh, also, show Ryan, thanks for having me. Uh, fun stuff. I'm really, really glad you're uh, diving into Lovecraft. I just can't wait to see the, uh, the crazy synchronicities of people out of uh, his work. Yeah, got- expect, expect more weird uh, occurrences to happen. As you, as, you, as you stare into the abyss, you just stare back, as I said. Yeah, you told me that you said when you read Lovecraft, those kinds of things happen. Uh, we'll see what it com- will. It will. comes yeah. through on the show. I mean, I've never read Lovecraft, and you see what comes through on the show. So now that I'm getting into it, God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Derek Murphy, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Ryan. Yep, you have a good there night, okay? Thank All right. you. All right, bye-bye. 
right, Derek Murphy, our guest this evening. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please visit our website, thesecretteachings.info. Check out our archive. It's free. You can take the RSS feed, plug it into your player, podcast, radio player, or subscribe to the full show archive with no advertisements. You'll get digital copies of my books, including The Technological Elixir, which covers a lot of what we discussed tonight. You'll also get access to the montages that we played tonight in a separate little archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. The website for uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, TST underscore underscore radio. That's how you can find us and follow us. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. You support us. We stay on air Monday through Friday after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero, 10 p.m. Pacific. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.